show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. And welcome to the Metal Podcast, a show... And that is what I can say about it for sure. I am AC, and I am joined by the uh, the number one attraction from the Nam Show, DJ. How are you doing? I'm I'm excellent, and I'm even wearing my my Nam Show uh, shirt. You know, I am a I am a, what a tourist in my my own town, I guess. <laughs> but how are you, AC? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm well Sorry rested. You there. I wasn't there. No, I, I was, I was sick at the time, but now I am well rested and I'm ready to rock. And we are joined by another guest, the lovely Julieta Randall. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm very good. A- alias Ms. Randall. <laughs> Ms. Randall? Ms. Randall. Okay. Yeah. Is that, no, is I mean, that what we should call you? Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. I mean, artistically speaking, uh, I go on there, Miss Randall. Okay, it's fine. It's just the same person. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how how are you today? Very good, very good. Thank you. I, I'm actually kind of sad. I I didn't go to the Nam show. I I was invited, but I just couldn't go this time. I am going to LA in a month or so, a little less. But um, Nam is. I mean, mixed feelings sometimes, but all in all, it's great to be around musicians and instruments and and sometimes interesting characters. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. well, well, you, you're around two interesting characters today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that Nam show was certainly a whirlwind. I had never been before, and it was it was wild. It was awesome, but. A, a lot to take in and met a lot of cool people. Um, yeah, it's, it was wild. It takes security <laughs> to another level. I mean, I was there 2020 <laughs> before mm. the mess. And um, wow. even then it was a little like overwhelming. I was the security. I feel like they redid it, everything. Um, so it was just a little more dry than other other years was more flowy <laughs> yeah but, it was definitely flowy this year yes okay yeah no it was cool yeah i didn't notice the security i was like i don't think i even need to pick up a badge i could have just walked right in like no one checked anything it was kind of but maybe there were eyes on, oh, you know okay. that i didn't yeah. see you know i'm not not the most aware sometimes <laughs> i did i did notice there's a couple of friends with a friend of mine he post like instead of putting like his regular name, he was like Bonzilla or oh, God. <laughs> he just changed his name. And even Dave Devin Townsend also changed his name. So they took a picture together <laughs> with her weird. Oh, that's name. awesome. <laughs> well, that's nice of them. <laughs> what have you been yeah. listening to lately? What have I been listening to? Um, I I uh. Russian circles pretty on regular rotation. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I tend to go into the prog stuff, uh, Pineapple Thief, 
his the band from um gavin uh he he's from uh, porcupine tree um what else have i i mean in the metal sense uh oh i found a really cool uh punk band that i was like this is dope called pissed jeans <laughs> <laughs> and i was like That's a wonderful this. name <laughs> very punk uh, they're coming to portland so i want to go uh, i want to go oh and chelsea wolf it's really the new chelsea wolf stuff she's been putting out i'm gonna go see her in march <laughs> so kind of varied um also a little i found a interesting cinematic band from the netherlands that has nothing to do with metal but it is very soothing and uh called haven H-A-E-V-N. Um, and little things, like, I don't know. Sometimes uh, friends suggest me bands. I have a, a friend from, one of my friends from Sweden sent me, like, you should check out this other band from this really niche band that sounds like kind of Dead Can Dance um, over there. And I was like, it, it, it's very, very tiny band. Forget the name. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible, but um, I, I don't know. I kind of I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and just explore other things. I love yeah. my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, you like yeah. your safe oh, space. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Whenever anyone suggests a band I should listen to, hey, you should check out this band. Uh, I I I just know it's going to end with us not being friends anymore. It's oh, all. No. It's always like you should check out this band. They're they're awesome, and it's like it'll be like like System of a Down or like Rage Against mm-hmm. the Machine. It's all. It's always just the the worst. Yeah, because because no. like people will see that you have a metal shirt on, and their only frame of reference was when metal had a in their lifetime a a, a semblance of popularity on Total Request Live when it was like. Limp biscuit and corn. Oh. <laughs> Tough listen. Yeah, it happens all the time. So people would say you should check out this band. It's like if I know I'm gonna like it, I'll find them myself. Exactly, exactly. It is a good rule of thumb. You have to find it. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. We, I, I mean, I'm trying to um, get out of my comfort zone in the sense of for for just. Um, research i guess i mean uh of course i i had a like a couple of months where i was like sleep token you know but um i understand why some people would not like that band it's a little too polished when it just seems like there's there's something to it but um i'm just trying to listen to different kind of music so i can like integrate it into my world which is obviously rock and heavy metal <laughs> yeah i think i think there is a line because when i say like i like my comfort zone i know what i like because I, I went i went through the phase where i i tried to go like as as hard as possible like i started on the punk rock journey and then the thrash metal death metal black metal and then i just got burned out so it's like all right what's next uh the outfield phil call <laughs> like that that was that was the progression so i was almost like back to zero yeah i i am that way though like when i find something 
I get obsessed and I just listen to everything over and over. I mean, but when you, it's just, it's, um, I don't know, for example, I don't know if you heard of this guy. His name is Paul Chain. I have not. Uh, hmm. He's like an Italian um, uh, musician. He, it's kind of like a horror movie, <laughs> horror metal, but from the, he started in the 80s, I think. And it's kind of like, sounds like Coven, you know, that spooky, witchy, woo. <laughs> um, Paolo Catena is like the, his real name. But if you really deep that dive deep into this guy's stuff, it's like, whoa, yes. He has like a lot. It's like super indie, super indie and became a cult, like a cult following. Um, so those kind of stuff, those kind of guys I, I like. Obviously, Goblin. I like that. I like Goblin. Yes. I, <laughs> they're my buds. Um, How old are they? Uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, uh, Claudio, he should be around 68 or 70, at least, at least. No, I think it's more like 70, but he looks like so young. He has a spirit of a youthful man. <laughs> I don't know. So does Rick of... Springfield. <laughs> like Rick Springfield, 74. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. But Jesse's girl. Yeah. No, have you seen what he looks like now? I, I haven't. He, yeah. He, well, he, like he still looks like he's in his forties. Oh. I mean, his, like he's he's starting to have that, like you know how Stallone oh. looks shirtless. Like he's yeah, starting, like he's like he's starting to look like like the old man who just works out a lot. But it's like uh. that's that's an old man <laughs> with like deflated muscles. Old man that works a lot. That's what that's what he that's what he looks like. It's like uh yeah, you're in real good shape for your age, but like you're not you know twenty nine anymore. How is John Stamos? I recently I went to see the Beach Boys at um, at the Hollywood Bowl in the last summer, and I was like, "Wow, this guy looks awesome!" Like he's playing drums, guitar, like he's just like all over the place. Is Mike Love alive? Michael Love, the singer. He was the singer for the Beach oh. Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's only one Beach Boy left. Right. Yeah. Cause they all, they all died, but I know, I know Mike love was, was there for longer than the, the rest of the Wilsons, but I really don't even know if he's alive. <laughs> yeah. What an experience that, that, that is also a really weird thing. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the show, but all these legacy acts, like the, the, I think the, the, the worst example of it is wasp. Where it's just, it's one guy and then a bunch of young people. Yeah. Or even Dawkin. Da Dawkin too. Like, he hired his lawyer, I think, to play guitar. Rat. <laughs> Rat. No. Are they still around? Yeah. Rat, Rat is still around, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. friend of mine used to play with him. Yeah, I, 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 that's, it's, it's such a weird trend. Because I remember this being an like a, a discussion 20 years ago. Where at what point does the band stop being the band? Like people used yeah. to say that about Kiss. Like, oh, that's not Kiss when it was like, you know, um, 
I think it was like in the mid two thousands because Ace Frehley and Peter Chris rejoined in the nineties, but then they left again. And then people say, Oh, that's not kiss. But Ace Frehley and, and Peter Chris left in like 1980. So like that, that was not a routine or that was a, a regular thing for them to, to just be Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Yeah. So now you have all these bands where there's no original members even like, like the, <laughs> well, sure. Al- Alice Cooper. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you the, the original lineup for Alice Cooper's solo act. Cause Alice Cooper's two bands. It's Alice Cooper was the band and the singer was Vincent Furnier and people didn't yeah. know that they just thought the singer was Alice Cooper. So then he yeah. just became Alice Cooper. And uh, I, I know Jimmy DeGrasso was in Alice Cooper. Oh yeah. Yeah. So amazing, our, amazing musicians have gone through that band. But at, at what point does a band stop being that band? Uh, I guess, I mean, I haven't heard like the latest, I think is there's a new Alice Cooper, but um, I guess he always tries to uh, get modern in sound or I don't know, maybe. He, his he's thing. always been like that. Go, yeah. go listen to, to trash and then listen to welcome to my nightmare. Like you oh, could yeah. not have to, like, com- like 180 music. It is oh, I completely different. I, I love, I love that one. Welcome to my nightmare. It's, I have, um, I, I feel like it, it just explores a lot of like genres, uh, within it's just like funky and flavorful you can dance to it <laughs> very 70s yes it it does it's not it's almost not a rock album no no i love i love it it's very soothing having a hell of a time right here wish you were here <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun um but they, I, in the 70s i feel like you have more freedom to just be exploring a bunch of things uh and eclectic and i feel like that inspires me as a musician to be like um oh, okay I'll, I'll try this genre and this other genre and then keep it obviously cohesive in themes i always kind of go towards like darker themes or there's gotta be some hail there maybe some irreligious things <laughs> i don't know um but overall yeah those kind of musicians inspire me a lot well, in the seventies, you, you had more freedom because there was actual money to be made in different genres. Mm-hmm. Where at, when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20, you know, you're, you're hungry and, and you have less responsibilities. So you can just like, Hey, here's the thing that I like. Let's, let's try it out. But as mm-hmm. you get older, you're like, okay, well, uh, uh I, I have to pay uh, my rent. I have to pay my car. I have to buy food. You can't take uh, as many risks anymore. You can't take as many risks. And I, and I think this, this is what happened to a lot of those bands in the nineties. Like, okay, this is what's popular. This is mm-hmm. the only thing that's popular. So this is what we <laughs> have to do if, if we want to, we want to pay our bills. But in the seventies, you, you have disco, you have funk, you have rock, you mm-hmm. have blues, you have jazz, you, you have, you still have uh, 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 Variety. Frank Sinatra, like New York, New <laughs> yeah, York is, 
which is progressive like, rock. Progressive rock just got so deep in in there. They would, you know, the songs they would make were fifteen minutes long. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you try to do an Emerson, Lake, and Palmer right now, they, like who? How? Nobody would go see it. It would not sell out a stadium. No, it would not happen. But back then, people wanted to see. Keith Emerson knifing the keyboard. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> well, you could get away with that stuff. Or or even um, uh, the Who destroying their yeah. drum set or Paul Stanley right. breaking the guitar. I know Maybe. a guy who got to see Kiss when Paul Stanley smashed a guitar. Awesome. So that yeah, <laughs> Pete, there there was there was more there was more indulgence and mm. Around the time of the nineties, that's when all the artists really got reined in and that that's when it stopped being about, okay, well, what do the people like? And then it started becoming, all right, we're going to tell the people what to like. And I, I found something interesting yesterday. We'll talk, we'll just tease it now for a future show. Something that ice cube said where the, the uh, long story short, the whole music industry is controlled. It's, it is not about, well, what's popular. That's what we'll do. It's about mm -hmm. let's make this popular and then let's sign a bunch of bands to, inf or, or not bands. You know, there's no yeah. bands anymore. Yeah. And then let's, let's just reinforce that. So do you like Slipknot? I was never, never a fan. So I, I think that. I think that band sucks, but, um, I was out, I was out in public and I, I heard this song and I, I thought it was like the most generic low T limp wristed fake rock song I've ever heard. Like it, it tried to sound kind of like an anthem, you know, the band muse, like they have these songs that they sound yeah, like, they're, like they're trying to do like these anthems. It sounded like a lighter version than that. And I don't like Muse. It, but like it's stadium. Something. Yeah, that's what it sounded like it was trying to be. And it yeah. was and it was Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Yeah. It's like yeah. you like he's, like he's very talented on his own. <laughs> this song was like four power chords. And I, I don't know if I can agree that he's talented because it, it's <laughs> like when it's like when people say Kurt Cobain is is a good singer and guitar player. Kurt Cobain is a terrible singer, and all of, all the Nirvana songs are power chords. You, you you know if you like it, that's fine. But there there's there's n nothing about what he did that any but second you. year guitar student couldn't do. Oh no 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 no! But he. I think the forte of Nirvana was a songwriting. I feel like they could they could really nail a song. Um, and actually, if you really listen to Nirvana, you you, you listen to Dire Straits. You, you listen to like he's ripping off a lot of people. Like, you know, sure, of course. Eighties eighties yeah. rock, and I even saw a documentary where you go into his studio. What was he listening to? The vinyl he was listening to. He loved David Bowie. He loved Celtic Frost. Like that. Oh yeah. So he he would rip off a bunch of people, but yeah. in a, in and do his own thing. I don't know. Yeah, um, and Nirvana is that band that 
played everywhere. So like by the time you're done hearing it a million times, like, you know, what, that's, that doesn't sound that bad, but I still exactly. think weird Al definitely does it better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, okay. If the parody guy does it better, it's can't be all that great, but maybe that's kind of why I don't like dislike it that much, but it's, I'm not a fan of Nirvana. Um, <laughs> no, no. No, I I really don't. I, 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 well, we'll just talk about Nirvana real quick. Because I, I don't mind a band that just has power chords. Like I I like the Ramones. I in fact I I don't. Oh, I, I think the first Ramones album is actually not good. I I think uh, Blitzkrieg Bop is okay, but it's more just kind of a, a piece of American history at this point. But the the rest of the songs on that album, it just sounds like they knew the three chords and they just rearranged them. <laughs> but every album they did post Ramones was a better album. Like even their stuff in the eighties and the nineties was actually pretty good. And that's, that's a band that it's pretty much just power chords. Same thing with the misfits or most mm-hmm. punk bands. I think you, you get some variations like dead Kennedys and black flag. There there's some actually pretty creative guitar playing same with agent orange. So a, a lot of bands, they weren't just power chords. So I'm not, I'm not going to knock, bands that just do power chords because that's that's uh, that's their their way of doing it that's that's yeah. fine especially when you're playing fast aggressive music and how many metal bands do power chords uh like almost all of them like un- yes. until you get to like death and black metal sure yeah. you get some variations but for the most part nirvana was just it was power chords and lyrics that made no sense and uh, and I don't, I don't mind if your lyrics don't make sense. Like I like the band Bush. I think Bush is actually a good band. I think it's, yeah. it, but yeah, the, their lyrics don't mean anything. I, I <laughs> think that, I think that is intentional, but the lyrics, they mean nothing. But when you pretend and, and that, that's what I, I've always, it's always driven me crazy. And that's kind of what started a lot of what we ended up doing on this show was people just, and their dishonesty about certain musicians and musical acts because Kurt Cobain was not a good songwriter. You just heard the songs a million times. They were just, they were played everywhere. He was turned into an icon. I mean, let's, let's, let's be fair. What is the better band? Who's the better musician or songwriter, Kurt Cobain or Chris Cornell? Like you want to talk about guitar playing and singing? It's well, not yeah. even it's not even close. But <laughs> yeah. Nirvana no. gets way more credit, and you can say, "Well, Dave Grohl's a good drummer. Does Soundgarden not have a good drummer. Does Pearl Jam not have a good drummer. Does Allison Chains not have a good drummer? Sure." And and I'm not going to take anything away from Dave Grohl. He, as far as modern musicians oh, go, there's there's there are few people that are all around as tight a musician as him. But his drumming doesn't save that band. Yeah, it's it's just the energy he puts into the. That's true. He yes. Very very passionate. Yeah. Yes. Very passionate guy, and and what I like, uh, he brings in the community. Post Nirvana, it's just I'm not a. I this is the thing. Sometimes I feel guilty. Like I should, I should like more Foo Fighters and or whatever. So sometimes I'm I'm like okay, I'm gonna force myself to listen to more. Uh, Foo Fighters or whatever. It's just, uh, yeah, you know, I like some songs and whatnot, but it's not. Um, I feel like a, a lot of it, it's 
sounds the same. But, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really like the spirit. He brings in like a positive, I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. It's just good vibes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have a funny story. Uh, well, I have many funny stories, <laughs> but like, um, I went to Lemmy's uh, funeral in oh, wow. Los Angeles. Uh, it's, hap it's long story. Um, Le Lemmy was always that character. He was my neighbor. Um, so he was like, sometimes I would walk back from the rainbow and he would be there and I'm like, oh, can I walk you? Like, yeah, sure. Thanks <laughs> to my place. And he was my neighbor, uh, but he was like a dad, obviously I was a child. <laughs> Um, and he, I had a really good friend who used to go to the rainbow and he, they, him and, and Lemmy would like bond in, like, they would talk about history because they, they were both history buffs and, um, he was an audio engineer. So Lemmy would talk, I don't know. They would just stay up. So when the rainbow closed at two or something, everybody would get kicked out. Lemmy would stay and and my friend would stay and then sometimes i would tag along <laughs> i'd be like yeah i'll stay up till three ish in the morning <laughs> because i'm hanging out with lemmy how would i not and long story short I, um when he passed away well then i moved in with my roommate was my friend i moved in with my friend um and well one time he was like well um Obviously, Lemmy passed away and he had a ticket uh, to bring me in. And I was like, okay, uh, I go to, uh, what's it called? Uh, what is the um, forest lawn? Um, and you go to the ceremony, it was televised and everybody and their mother was there. Rob Halford, like Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne, uh, Kat Bundy, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, Alice in Chains people, like everybody. Um, and Dave Grohl, um, obviously. So they, everybody had a chat. Everybody went on stage. It was televised. And uh, it was such a trip to be in this place, honoring Lemmy and with all these people. And then after that, there was after party at the Rainbow. And um, David Grohl was, Dave Grohl was, at the rainbow and I would just approach him like, what's up, man? <laughs> Great speech, you know, um, he was so nice. Very, very, he seems like a very approachable person. Um, and it was like a very sad, I would say month, like that whole, I think it was, when was it? It was it January or because he died right after his birthday, like, uh, early January or something, but yeah. Those are the kind of stories I kind of have from for LA that kind of happened, <laughs> but it's it's a it's an interesting scene over there. I don't know if there's a scene anymore, but maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure there is, but it, it's just it's just it's niche at at this point, and it's because it's it's all been faded out. There there's how how are people going to know that it exists if it if there's no awareness to it because we, we talk about this with a lot of guests and then they they always they and it's a cope when they they say things like oh and it's so great i see these young people and then they they like when i play 
uh, Metallica. Like, they'll say that. It's like, okay, yeah, but how did they not know about it beforehand? Like, how did they not know about Iron Maiden? Like, I, mm-hmm. I knew Iron Maiden before I started listening to Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, and, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. And the the thing is, there there's no scene because the people that used to be the scene are old, and then old. they they just got they either started dying off or they just have other responsibilities. And there was no fresh blood because there was no opportunity for fresh blood to replace it. And the people want it. It's it's it's. I yeah. don't like Los Angeles, just so everyone is clear. <laughs> I don't like it, but driving down Sunset Strip in the summertime, like in the mid-2000s, that was oh, yeah. the coolest experience yeah. for me. It was the, o- the only thing that I really liked about it. Yes. Because yeah. people think Los... Because what people think of Los Angeles, they, they think it's um, Santa Monica Boulevard, Beverly Hills, uh, 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 Venice beach. Like that's what people think Los Angeles is, but Los Angeles is a, it's a huge city and there's a lot of really questionable parts. The nice parts are really nice. And Mm -hmm. when metal had a bit of a revival in, or or, I'd say around 2004 ish, that was when Mm -hmm. it it was a year. Like uh, Ozzy had a new record. Motorhead had a new record. Megadeth reformed and had a new record with with Chris Mm -hmm. Poland, with Chris Poland. uh, I met at Nam who you met at Nam behemoth (laughs) had a new record. And and that was when demigod came out. And so that was when behemoth had a, like that was their breakthrough. Danzig had a new record. Uh, Oh yeah. It it was, it was a really, I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, did I mention this? DJ, your DJ's favorite band, Opeth, had a new record. Oh, I love Opeth. Yeah. So I have a three there too. <laughs> that's DJ's favorite band. His favorite band he saw live. He let's see when D- no, DJ Lamb of God is. Oh uh, well, when, when DJ saw Opeth, he was he was suffering from insomnia, but luckily they put him to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh, I remember. So what happened is when I, I'm dating myself again. Uh, when I was in the yeah in LA when when I first moved in it was uh, I was so uh, hungry and so I just wanted to be in it and uh, yeah the strip was a very magical place uh, I I do think that the rainbow was the mecca of of all these things converging like if there was a show at the Key Club or the Roxy or the Whiskey. All the music House of Blues the at the time. House of Blues. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! House of Blues on Sunset Strip and Anaheim. Um, oh yeah. I saw uh, Celtic Frost. I had. I uh, was that with was that with Goat Whore in thirteen forty nine? Yeah, I, I was so. there. In Sano. That and- band, yeah, yeah. There, there was a famous picture of me. Uh, giving the finger to Sun for their entire set because all they did was make noise and they pissed me off. And <laughs> yeah, they were wearing like capes. Or Sounds something. like yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah, yeah. And uh, so there was some famous photographer that took a picture of me doing it. And they they posted it on like all over. It was MySpace at the time. Oh, and that was my yeah. MySpace profile picture for a long time. <laughs> I, think I, I 
think Typo Negative did a show with Kill. That was a that was the next tour that they did. That okay. was where Typo Negative headlined and Celtic Frost opened, and nice. that was nice. when you could really tell Peter Steele was one foot in the grave. They opened mm. with a Beatles song. <laughs> I was like, this is a bad sign. Yeah, oh, and Peter man. Peter Steele was wearing like that big baggy sweatshirt. He looked like mm-hmm. someone's grandpa that just got out of bed. He was looking bad. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Rough. He was doing some things, questionable things. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was just beautiful time in LA. Um so I, I was I was that was the time I was I started to play around there. I went I went to uh, initially to Musicians Institute. Um I studied audio recording engineering and my bass player was doing music business, I don't know. And we were just kind of getting in the scene and there was like a local magazine or scene thing called Rock City News. And uh, they did like an award show and I won best drummer of the year. And I felt like, oh, my God, of, you know, this little community Uh, It was kind of fun. But it was just magical all the time. So then you would go to shows and all the people in the underground metal industry, like like I said, the Century Media, the Nuclear Blast, the other underground labels uh, would go there. So I was just like in the scene, um, party days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's notorious. Uh, I have a friend of mine just uh, re-tagged me on a picture from oof, a long time ago, 2010 or something, uh, NAM show, and we're like, we're at oh yeah, we, our faces. <laughs> we're like, wow, what is happening? Um, yeah, notoriously, yeah, Nam shows was a time when everybody just like just let let it all go because after the holidays, you know, it all happened. But but I don't know what happened is that um, I think around 2015, 2014, like. Um, no, I stopped listening to metal, and then everyone realized that I was the glue that held it together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, Opeth changed also, you know? Opeth became a different band. I would say they should be called something else. Uh, but, you know, obviously, they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, I, I actually, funny story, another story. Uh, I went to a wedding around a photographer maybe you know gene kirkland amazing so in, oh in, yeah in the, I, bu- I buy all of his products at costco uh, gene kirkland <laughs> no no he so so imagine he took he would go on tour with ossie osborne he took the picture of ossie reading the newspaper uh in the toilet um like iconic pictures and uh became really friends and he made our our band pictures so we, we went to his wedding and his wedding was like out of control, the, probably the best wedding other than my wedding <laughs> I've ever been to. Um, even Geezer Butler was there, Slash, like all these people just hanging out. Big names. Big names. And they and they knew we were like so true, we're metal, you know. So he seated us with Opeth. <laughs> we're like, thank you guys. So we, we kind of bonded there and, and kind of came uh, loosely friends. Um, but then uh, years later, um, I ended up in Sweden um, in their house. <laughs> it's like so weird. 
which is the world is so small. Um, well, the metal scene is so small. But I'm trying right? to say there was, a, <laughs> there was a synergy that I was feeding off back then. It was just like I was right there at the right time, you know, the right people mm -hmm. trying to get noticed also because I was trying to get I was trying to get signed. Um, but it, I was feeling like I was get, hitting a lot of roadblocks. Um, I was doing the right things, meeting the right people. But I, I felt that there was a the band, for example, with Rusty Eye, my band at the time, I, I was in forever until recently. Um, we were doing always kind of ahead of the curve. So if somebody was doing retro trash, we were already doing that like long time ago. Like if somebody was doing horror music, horror metal, we were already doing this like an album ago. So every time we were not hitting the marks and when we were trying to get signed, it was where bands like in this moment and that band things. sucks. That band <laughs> sucks so much. I know. I, I know. I know. It's not my jam. Uh, all these bands that had like female fronted were so hip in things. And so they were telling me, why don't you stop playing drums and just do that? And I'm like, yeah, but not in this band. This band, I'm supposed to be the drummer and the singer. And that's, that's the shtick. <laughs> and, and, uh, we are a three piece and that's how, I don't know. They're just trying to manipulate a little too much what I was about. So I just, oh my God. <laughs> well, that, there, that's, that is the music world. It's not just metal. It's the music mm -hmm. world. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, they're saying they're, they're not giving you suggestions. They're telling you what you need to do. Like, this is what yeah. you need to do. Wink, to do wink, this. hint, hint. Ha! It, uh, yeah, because okay. yeah, these, these the like, <laughs> like these, these bands, like I just saw that like Charlie Benante is like getting married to the girl from the Butcher Babies. The Butcher oh, Babies, yeah, I saw that it's, like, too. it's another, <laughs> it's another terrible band. Yeah. The, the Pussycat mm -hmm. Dolls of the metal world. <laughs> the, it's, the, not, the, it's not, it's you know, you know, I, 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 I don't, this is the thing, like I, I used to be that person. I know where you are. But now that I'm, I'm I'm a little older, I don't want to say wiser, but I'm like, you know, girl, you want to keep doing that, keep doing that. You know, I, I feel like it's not my jam. It has never been my jam. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're still doing metal. Like they, those girls. Okay, question mark? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> metal. The, yeah. Gu the guitars are definitely distorted and the drums use triggers. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not my jam, but I, I don't know if you've seen, I mean, if I'm gonna, I mean, yeah, Spirit Box, Courtney, like, she can do the thing, like, she can get down, and I, to me, that, I feel like there's a new wave of women coming through that are really proving that you can still do this as a woman. It's hard to get noticed, you have to do a lot of work and I don't even know groundwork, um, but I saw there's this other chick. I don't even know who the, she came out of nowhere. I don't know her, Poppy or something. She I know who. I okay, yeah. So Good they. Omens, or if, Bad Omens, sorry. If the Poppy is who uh, I'm thinking of, they made a movie about her, they or ba based on her story. Yeah, there was a, a movie. I want to say it's called like 
like v- Valentine or My Valentine or something. Mm, uh, my bloody bloody Valentine. No, no, not that one. It, uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's about this this girl who's like a like a pop star, and she has like this really controlling, domineering, abusive manager slash boyfriend. Oh, is that, is that her? Oh, I think it's I know. Ba- it, it is, it is based on her. I, I mean, the, the movie ends up oh. being like there, there I, is, I know where you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I think I, Sumerian records. So I think Sumerian, I don't know. They became this huge thing and now they make movies and I think it's a Sumerian. No, 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 no. No, she she had this this really weird uh, abusive relationship with her manager um, uh, boyfriend, uh, yes. and they made a movie. It's kind, it's like the equivalent of Rockstar with Tim Owens and, and Judas yeah. Priest, yeah. where they yeah. where yeah. they 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 took the idea behind it because the idea was interesting, and then they just exaggerated it because the movie ends with like people getting killed and and stuff oh but, yeah it becomes a horror movie yeah it, it is a, it is a horror movie but it is based off of poppy and and she was like she went viral on like tiktok and the, and this guy was the one that pretty much created her like he like he he made all of, of her videos he edited it like he told her what to do he, he created her but he was uh-huh. also kind of like endless love like domineering and, and controlling and kind of weird. So they made a, a movie uh, based on it. I, I think it's called Valentine. I'll have to check it. Yeah. Or my Valentine. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that label. That's, so I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so that it was produced by, I think, uh, Sumerian records. Um, Cause they kind of blew up. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw that. I'm like, you know, I like it. She looks like uh, Anna de Armas. <laughs> I'm like, wow, good for you. Um, but I, long story short, I'm saying that there's there's some there's some good chicks out there. Nervosa. They there's some. Um, what is that bass player um, in? Um, Merciful Fate. Becky Baldwin. Fate. Becky Baldwin. Fate. Yeah. Um, yeah, Becky and Baldwin. Even. even, even um, uh, well, the new outfit of Tom G. Warriors, hmm. um, I guess, I Triumph of Death. It there's women. I don't know. There's women come through, um, but yeah, it is, it is a very stigmatizing uh, genre. So in the meantime, um, I so Valdemar. That's how the whole thing. I started listening to this. The, the stuff that Valdemar would um, produce back in the early 90s, uh, mid-90s, um, in Mexico. Mm. And, and uh, gather, like, all these, the gathering. So when all, their, all these people were doing alternative rock and metal and whatnot, there was a, a scene. And European metal was already thriving, was already doing... You know, My Dying Bride, Anathema, like all these amazing bands. Um, and so Valdemar recorded Moonspell and Samael, all these like obscure, dark bands from Portugal, from Switzerland and all this stuff. And 
that was the kind of stuff I would listen to. And I still do. It's it's magical. It's just where it really is. They're kind of rough on the edges. Sometimes you're like, okay, I wish this was better sounding. But, you know, it was 1995 for what can I do? Um, so long story short, um, years later, MySpace, I it was like I was looking around and I'm like, oh, Valdemar's on MySpace. Oh, that's cool. Let's chat. And then like we became friends, pals. And then I was like, I am going to Grass Pop in Belgium, the metal show and the metal festival. And we met in person. I met his girlfriend, uh, rest in peace, Ella. Um, and we we bonded. So then years later, I have an album and he um, he kind of guest appeared. So he did some things. And at the time, he was still doing Grip Inc. Uh, with um, Dave, Dave Lombardo. Lombardo. Um, and Gus. Uh, but unfortunately, around 2000, I think it was 2008 or 2007, uh, Gus uh, committed suicide. So that mm. was a bummer for him because his gripping was his baby, you know. He um, he was gutted, but he kept going. He, he did a, a couple other bands, Enemy of the Sun, and did Sodom. Things. I'm looking at uh, Sodom. some Sodom yeah. records, yeah. Worn Pieces, and Epitome of Torture, or or Epitome of Torture, but they pronounce it Epitome. <laughs> I, 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 I love, love I love their mispronunciations. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's I, great. Hypo Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's it's how it worked out. That's amazing. You know, and then, and back, then, and then oh, years yeah. later, pandemics, things, and we were already like talking about like, hey, let's do something, let's do something, let's do something. And the pandemic hit, and it's twenty twenty two, and I'm just like, hey, I'll just go to Germany. I'm gonna go, and we're gonna. I have these songs. You have these songs. Let's just like work these songs and. And it, obviously, we have friends in common. It was just like super, like we've been friends forever. Um, so it it kind of worked out that way, the chemistry. And then uh, we've been working on songs since then. Uh, we have like sixteen or seventeen songs oh, wow. of material, but slowly but surely they're coming out. Um, definitely bringing the old school vibe, the true. I don't want to say true metal. I want to say I would uh, true <laughs> essence of of just stripped down, aggressive, but also yes. clean and precise. Like he is the master of like super clean, super tight rhythms and compositions, and and it's obviously at all asked for me to fill the shoes of David Lombardo. I will never be David Lombardo. But it's obviously when when I record songs for our stuff, it's like, oh, I see, I, I do hear this voice, like, ah, okay. <laughs> well, you do sing while you drum, so it is pretty remarkable. I've been listening to your stuff, and it's it's I I love it. Like it's oh, I'm like you. wow, she's really singing at the same time. I don't know how you can do that, but that's because there are some artists that can't really they, they could do you know be perfect in the studio, but when it comes to being like playing live. It's a mm -hmm. different animal. So like you have to be able to be comfortable, uh, you know, with the recording and being able to do it live to give the audience, you know, um, the respect they deserve, really, you know, for yeah. your music. I do have to say it's um, I kind of 
come to a conclusion that it's 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 hard. It is hard. And some songs, um, I don't want to do them a disservice. So, so the mm-hmm. subsequent uh, songs that we do, I would, in an ideal world, it would be nice to have a, a, a sitting drummer that is like the person who plays the drums. But I sometimes tap their shoulder and like, I'll play this song and I'll sing this. That'd be cool. <laughs> because it's, it's like sometimes I actually, I do feel I, I want to front I just want to sing. I want to deliver right. what the song should be, and ha- being in behind the drum sometimes it's it's hard uh, to, for me to deliver what it should. Yeah, be. <laughs> I, I think that's got to be toughest to sing and play drums. You know, like Dave Mustaine, you know, plays really intense, intricate rhythm guitar and sings, but the drums that, that could get tiring. You know, going back to that resurgence of like metal, what we're talking about, even like the mid two thousands, one of my all-time favorite shows that I never thought would be possible because the band hadn't played, I think, in like 16 years up until that point was seeing, you know, well, I went, me and AC went to this show in LA. It was Carcass in like 2009 or 2010. And it was like, holy, like. I was at the Palladium, no? No, no, no. It was at the House of Blues. And and by the way, uh, unless I'm misremembering this because this was many years ago, as far as I know, like us seeing it was you saying, Hey, carcass is playing tonight. Let's go. Isn't that how it went? Like we didn't I have the pro- ticket. I'm pretty sure like we didn't have tickets ahead of time. I think we just, just we went. went and yeah. Yeah. And bought tickets there. Yeah. yeah and it wasn't that much. <laughs> if, no, if we were yeah. going at that time, because <laughs> we didn't have any money. Yeah. I think that I was, was yeah, I'm pretty sure it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a was cool so show. And th- yeah. And they, oh, they yeah. played every song that I wanted to. Or mm-hmm. that I wanted them to, and they played it in the order that I wanted them to yeah. play it. Like they they opened with "Impropagation," that was so cool. I was like that. I was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I hope they open with that. Like that is the perfect opening. That was so awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. that was one of my favorite shows ever. And, I never and I, thought it would happen. And, and I re- and I remember other <laughs> albums. And, and I remember Jeff Walker's. He's saying, uh, "And uh, Ken is not with us. He's in a better place, England." Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did yeah, and his humor is the best. Uh, and that was the the time when uh, what's his face, um, arch enemy guitar player, Michael Amit, him and Michael Bill Steer, they were both there. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Because uh, Carcass is still playing now, but Michael Amit isn't playing with him, right? No, 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 no. They have another fellow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and see, and that and that's what it, what it comes down to, because because I, I saw Venom also at the House of Blues, and oh. Man- Mantis and Abaddon weren't there. Now, and that's when you get into the the philosophical argument of, well, it's not the band anymore, because there there's two Venoms. There's Venom mm-hmm. and Venom Inc. Inc. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't get it because 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 <laughs> left Venom. And then they replaced him with the guy from Adam Croft and they don't sound like Venom. I do like a lot of those songs, but that's, that was where Kronos started saying like, well, that's not Venom. It just sounds like Adam Croft. And then you get to like the, the voice of it. Uh, Is that what makes the band the band? Because when you think Iron Maiden, you're not thinking, well, it's not Iron Maiden without Paul Diano. He's the original singer. Almost nobody says that. I, I think I'm the only person in the world that prefers Paul Diano to Bruce Dickinson as a singer 
but for but I always add the the caveat that for the 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 records that they made post Killers, it wouldn't have worked with Paul Diano. But yeah, but but Bruce Dickinson singing on Iron Maiden and Killers, I don't think that would have sounded the same. I think they needed oh. Paul Diano's deeper, gruffer, more punchier I voice. Love, I love Paul Diano's voice yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, like like Bruce Dickinson has this very like almost operatic, like, dramatic. Yeah. Like him and mm-hmm. him and Dio are are and Rob Halford are in this the same. It's like this Range. the 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 drama singers. I, I will call them there, where there's mm-hmm. it almost seems like Upper, if if the, there was theatrical. like yeah theatrical yes mm-hmm. yeah no no Paul Diano had like the punk in him he well he he had, I mean everyone always says that but. I mean, he, he, but he, we really, he didn't, he, he was like the most eighties metal singer. Cause yeah. it, like, cause, cause if you go back to, to who the, like the notable punk singers are, most of them are not particularly good singers. They just yeah. work for the bands are in like Joe Biafra is not a particularly good singer. He just, he works in dead Kennedy's. Uh, Henry Rollins also isn't a particularly good singer. He's not a bad singer, but he works better in Rollins band than black flag. It just, it was, it was the whole package. The, the Mm -hmm. only punk singer that it's probably not the only one. There's probably some, some Mm -hmm. good ones out there, but the only one that kind of was like a mainstay consistently good singer for their whole career was Danzig. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, and he, did you know that Danzig used to dress up like a clown and, and sing show tunes for arcade money? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Dan, was Dan, this? Uh, in the seventies. And, okay. and the, the reason that Mis- misfits uh, records are, are so valuable and so rare is they, they printed so few of the singles and Danzig yeah. would just sell them for arcade money. Like Dan Danzig has been a nerd his whole life. Did you know that he didn't move out of his parents' house until he was thirty? Oh my god! I can see that. Yeah, and and then all and and all he did was he would silkscreen T-shirts and sell them for arcade money. And then when when Danzig, yeah, and then when Danzig one was was a big success, then he was able to, I don't know, grow up. I but. Have you ever seen the video? There was there was a, a VHS that came with or that accompanied the first Danzig record, and it 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 it, it has a, the music videos from the first record, and it has some behind the scenes interviews with all the members. Was that when did Rick didn't Rick Rubin produce? He, I mean, kind of. I mean, Rick Rubin technically never produced anything. Like, let's be fair. All he did, he did nothing. And he's like, yep, I'm hands off. I'm, I'm a minimal. Like he didn't do anything. Danzig Minimally. produced all those records. The art of the creative actor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rick, Rick Rubin didn't do anything. Just he put, do. he put his name on it. But I do love those videos. The, they just go, I don't know. Uh, I love the drummer. Chuck Biscuits. Uh, yeah. Like some <laughs> yeah. Somebody once one time told me like you hit it like this guy, like it's just like Chuck. Bis- I d- it, I know? thought <laughs> I thought Chuck Biscuits and Dave Grohl were the f- same person for the longest time because of uh, because of how he plays. I could see that. 
but but there's all these interviews with the band members themselves, and then and John Christ, who was the guitar player, he's, he yes. he was just like like all he did was play guitar. Like he he played un, until like his like he literally like bled on his guitar, and then he was just talking about that. And Chuck Biscuits was was drawing, and and then Erie Vaughn came off like like a like a total dummy. <laughs> just like, I just drink smoke. Yeah, whatever. Like he just comes off like like the most like caveman brain, and then <laughs> and then Danzig is reading comics, and he's like going through all of his like comic collection. He's like, yeah, I got this one. This Mister Monster. I got this Animal Man. He's like, of course, Wolverine. So that's why I got the. That's why I got the. You know, the sideburns. You know, like wow. the, the guys. The guy's just a nerd. Yeah, he's like into Astro Boy, and and now he makes I think, I think terrible he, movies. He was living in L.A. <laughs> He was trying to sell his house, but I don't remember what the article said, but I think he just had too much memorabilia. It took him like a long time when he finally sold the house to like get it empty. Yeah. He's like, he's like the, the Nicholas cage of metal. <laughs> he just like ha- has a bunch of stuff that he doesn't need. Yeah. He's a bit of a corner. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I only met him once at the rainbow, of course. <laughs> I, <Where> I, else? <laughs> I I have my own rainbow story. Oh so, yeah, hmm. yeah. So someone snuck me into the rainbow when I was. Uh, I guess I I get no. I wasn't a minor. I, I was I was trying to think. Was I eighteen or nineteen? I think I was still eighteen at the time. Underage. I was underage. Oh, I've done that too. I, I been getting groomed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, yeah, when I was being groomed. <laughs> and, and this was the funny thing is that the, one of the guys I was with, he said, I think they want us to leave. I said, why? And he said, because they turned on the lights and they're playing the killers. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that that's, and I always thought that was it's really funny. Yeah. It's that, that's how they get everyone to leave is they play the killers. The killers. <laughs> <laughs> how you clear the Now room. they play over the rainbow. But yeah, back in the day, probably something else. I, I love. Are you talking about Wizard of Oz? Yes, yeah. that's a great song. That wouldn't make me yeah. want to leave. The Killers would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Killers would. Maybe I remember. Would. I remember the first time I heard that, and I was like, "What?" That was the year. It was like the Killers, Muse, Franz Ferdinand. Oh. I, oh, and yeah. I and I and I know some people like Modest Mouse. I I don't. But it's it's all these these, it's kind of the the new soft rock. It's mm-hmm. it, and it, it doesn't have this rom, the same rom, rom, romantic rock. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's almost like like post emo. <laughs> it's yeah. There's like that My Chemical Romance type stuff as that, well. Which that was, was like, a different thing. Yeah, that's that. that see, uh, that's that's the fake metal. Because when you say like stuff like mm-hmm. oh it's like like true metal like no there is a true metal because like having a distorted guitar doesn't make something metal and like just uh, having triggers in your your double bass doesn't make it metal it, it just comes down to if anything can be metal then nothing is metal exactly no. that, yeah. so there there has to be a line where this is no longer metal I know start they yeah. started doing the whole like um metal core and the and hardcore and mm-hmm. that that really upset me because hardcore was like like dysentery or uh, septic death discharge like those yeah. like those things like 
uh, DRI. Like that was hardcore. And then now it's it, it's it's these bands with these terrible terrible guitar riffs. They just they, and they tune down to like drop B, just like really uncreative. But it, it's it's like the modern art of metal, where yeah. only the, like, really stupid people that you think they're smart. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there was uh, a few that came through. Life of Agony, still pretty. Pretty, pretty dope band. Falling in reverse between the buried and me. Oh, no. they would do the Ter- kung fu and the yeah, in the, it, it in the mosh sucks. pit. Like, <laughs> they're um, they're being attacked why, by invisible you, bees. <laughs> I took a step back. I remember when those all those things were coming through. I was just like, "Ew!" Like it, I, they're never gonna pay attention to me. So I, I just took it. I don't know. There was a period I kind of went back to college and did all that stuff and um, and just kind of focused on that. But I stopped. I've stopped like trying to be in the spotlight. Stopped being in the scene. Really, I was just like. I mean, I would go to shows, but not really be too involved. And and then um, started to kind of go back into it around twenty fifteen. We were doing some cool stuff. We. Uh, we did an album with Rusty Eye. It was like a covers of a rock and Espanol bands. Like, you know, we grew up in Mexico and there are all these like rock bands from the 80s, early 90s. So we, let's make them metal. So we, so we made like a death metal version of a Café Tacuba song. It's like, it, obviously you wouldn't know, but this, this band is like, oh, it's like, it's like, dun-kun, 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 you know, <laughs> and we made it like, like you know blast beats and stuff there's a video if you want to watch it um las persianas uh but yeah we we just had fun Uh, and at the time i was actually jamming around um it was it was not the right timing but uh i was jamming with uh, anita strauss actually from alice cooper Mm -hmm. we were trying to put together like an all-female band uh with amazing people um the keyboard player everybody were amazing um i think the bass player uh vigil of war chick i don't know her name i'm terrible with names Uh, Um, and she's now with the dragon force and has like some other band oh tough break yeah, yeah, that's AC's favorite band. But I love them. No, I'm not not my jam, but it's such like, great all musicians. <laughs> all these super fast technical girls doing the thing, and uh, I think that's what they wanted. They wanted to, you know, play fast. Alicia Vigil. Alicia, yeah, Alicia Vigil, really talented Sorry. girls. But I was, I think, I was just trying to do too much. I was in a band with Rusty. I, I had another project with other, this other guy, Sergio Rao. Had Ru- it was too much and then i was going to college and then i have a day job like i had no life so and i was like pick like pick a lane girl and um it was just bad timing when we were doing that thing and at the end of the day that band did not i mean they did an album i think with another drummer and i don't think it went anywhere but but eventually nita ended up playing with her uh now fiance and, and now they it's just Nita Strauss and um, and I feel like she grew 
exponentially. Like, you know, in the beginning, I was like, well, you know, she found her voice, she found uh, her niche, and uh, I give her all the credit. And and now she blew up, and now she's in Alice Cooper. She's Demi Delvado. So um, that's the kind of thing. I, sometimes it's all timing, and if it doesn't work out, doesn't work out. But we're... Um, uh, that's one, I, if I was going to say another woman in metal, like, you know, she's kind of definitely not only, uh, as a musician, but she's also teaching. She's always like, mm-hmm. um, if you wanted to join, I, I don't even know how much it costs, but uh, she teaches like a intensive or something. A masterclass uh, or something. <laughs> yeah. Ex- ex- I don't know. I feel like I have a, uh, I need to. I'm starting to uh, kind of just teaching myself guitar. So it, for the third time, it's just, it's hard, but you just got to stick to it, you know? <laughs> That's it's everything. Tool. Tool. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I can, I just, when I make music, I just, you know, use it, uh, use a uh, program things. And then I tell musicians to play the things. because <laughs> um, You yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Do it. Um, but otherwise, uh, bad timing again, because 2020 happened, but I released my last mm. record with Rusty Eye in 2020, Dissecting Shadows. I highly recommend it. Links in the fun. description. What's that? I said links in the description. I Yes, exactly. Um, I'll give you all the links. Um, it's It's all part of me. I'm very proud of what I did. But yeah, it's uh, 2020 happened. We released it in late 2020 and we did a few music videos. It was just, I feel like a lot of it is timing and, uh, you know, and it actually released on their nuclear blood blast, blood blast. So that's pretty legit. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Now, now I live in Portland and I'm doing my thing. Uh, Ms. Randall, as Ms. Randall or in Karina with Valdemar. Sorry. The bad guy from Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. Yeah, Voldemort? Like what? Voldemort? Um, yeah, he's a baddie in uh, Harry Potter. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so nice to talk to you guys about all these things. Uh, it's it just, you know, like you say, uh, we got to keep the torch, you know, high. Mm-hmm. And uh, convert more younger kids to. They they just they just (laughs) don't know. I I would argue that they're on the dark side now. Like that. What what people listen to now is is so much. It's just so much worse. And uh, another like tease for a future episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I do want to talk about uh, one band that I've never told anyone that I like. And that'll be the next uh, Patreon episode, and Ooh. and it will be the a, a contrast with with modern stuff because I know the the H word will be thrown at me, but context <laughs> is everything. Yeah, and yeah. the the stuff that people listen to now, it, it's not just that the lyrics are just uh, like disgusting. It, it's that the thing is with rap. Literally, anyone can do it. You do not need 
an iota of talent. That mm-hmm. and and if that is your your premise, then there's no need to be good at anything. Now, when you said earlier you were doing all these things and you needed to just pick a lane and stay in it, it I, I would say it's not so much that you were doing too much. It's that you were doing too much with no reward to really show for the extracurriculars. Obviously, your job in school, these are their own thing and the reward is down the, the line. But when you're doing mm-hmm. other projects, you need some type of reward to keep you going. and. And with all all these bands, when you said you lost interest in it at the time, it's because all these bands were put in front of you. It, mm-hmm. it was by design. It's like if if this is metal, then I'm out. Like that's that's what happens when when they betray you and uh, uh, bullet <laughs> for my Valentine, my chemical romance. Yeah. Well, AFI predates a lot of that. They they do oh, suck, yeah, but. <laughs> but they they went from being like a, a you know normal standard punk band to being. Like thirteen year old girl core, we used to we used to we used to call that mall core. Yeah, the hot topic bands, mall core. Oh, hot topic used to be fun. What um, you win in nineteen ninety four? You wanted me to read some lyrics. Well, we'll we'll, we'll we will get there, and then that, that that's how we'll 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 tie all this off because mm-hmm. the. The the only reason that metal doesn't exist, and we'll we'll go back to to our our friend Rick Ernst, you know, everyone watched Get Thrashed. They they turned it off. That that is the explanation. Everyone out there can you can make whatever copes you want. Like I was there, I saw all this stuff getting popular, and I'm still on that that quest to find that that news program where they made a band popular and they showed how they did it. And it, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, about that thing with the Beatles getting off the plane and the, the girls screaming at them. And you know that that was completely staged. Like they, yeah. they hired those girls to do that. Yeah, I could see that. I yeah. And, and they, they, staged. yeah, mar- market marketing hasn't really changed. It's just kept up with technology shifting. It, yeah. That, it, uh, but they, they've always paid people to to make things seem more popular than they are like yeah. uh like if you've ever seen like commercials for movies it's like come see this movie and then they interview people like oh it's the best thing i've ever seen like that they didn't get people <laughs> walking out of the theater they just they just hired some people to do that they shot that that's this is a, not a, a new thing but there was it was some program where they they shot it in a way that made it look like it was it was a huge arena that was just full to the brim but then the camera panned out and it showed like it looked like a bunch of people were pushing to the front uh, of the stage but the camera panned out and there was only like 12 people there and then and then the rest of the the theater was empty and then there was like this was one of the tricks that they used to build hype for upcoming musicians like that was literally what they said they just showed the tricks for how, how they did it. Yeah. And it, you, and this is why I'm so adamant that Nirvana is completely fake. You just, the, I, I'm, I'm I pretty mean, sure that prefabby, it's a little prefabby. Yeah. The, the, the number one most played music video on MTV is smells like teen spirit. You hear it enough and you like it. 
Mm-hmm. And and when it comes down to it, like if I hear the song, like I, I just think like why would I, I? I don't hate the song, but I say why would I ever listen to this? I could listen to the Weird Al version. Like I could just <laughs> listen to something better. And oh. and that and that's how I feel about like almost anything. Like when I when I listen to Weird Al do modern pop songs, like I I really get into it. Like like the um whatever you like from Alpocalypse. <laughs> It's one of the, the funniest things. Cover. Yeah. And then I went back and I listened to the TI version and I was like, it's the same song, but it just sucks. <laughs> the weird Al one, it, it, it just shows you how bad pop is because the music is, is designed to infect your ears and then you yeah. tap your feet to it, but there's no soul. There's no substance, but weird Al adds just a small layer of humanity by just adding a little bit of levity to it. And and it it changes it completely. I I think I would say I mean obviously the music industry has changed. There's still gonna be there there's still gonna be good music out there and especially I would say in Europe it's it's a prevalent thing. They support more a little bit more the arts and touring and in the European Union, so I I I would say just dig more over there, maybe. Um, oh, it's here too. Yeah, it, yeah. There's you, a lot. There's yeah, you're a lot proof. Of good stuff here. <laughs> it's just hard uh, to find. Well, because well, we're we're specifically talking about through a mainstream lens. Because mm-hmm. all the good music is out there. Not just the good music, but the real metal bands are out there. Like there are good thrash bands. There are good death metal bands. There's great black metal bands. And yeah. it's not just there's great bands in Germany. There's great bands in France. There's great bands in Italy. No, no, no. There, there's great bands stateside. You just haven't heard of them because music companies don't want you to hear them because they don't want to, they don't want you to have what the people in the eighties had with all these communities where like you go mm-hmm. see someone at the key club but then maybe you just walk down to the whiskey and then, maybe, oh, well, I, I missed the show, but now we there's an after party somewhere else uh, or just end up at the rainbow or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just don't want people to have that. And uh-huh. you, you, you take away metal, then you take away people's desire to create. It's like, okay, I have to learn how to play this instrument. Oh, and as I'm learning to play this instrument, I'm gaining discipline in my life. Oh, now I'm performing better in my job. Oh, now I'm maturing mentally. But now no, when it's just no. like, oh, I just, I got a microphone. And I go, yo, yo, bitch. I shot you, bitch. Yo, yo. And like, <laughs> oh, uh, number one record. That, so that's it. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it's like, I understand your concern, but uh, me as a an artist, I don't, I don't focus on those things. I just you know well as you but as you neglected to focus on it it replaced you yeah i mean the the more i could the only thing i can do is just keep doing my thing uh try to get myself be heard and do i mean i that's all i can do well there there is one thing that you can do you can you can mock it because everyone pretended that this invader was harmless and then it just replaced them. It started with Walk This Way with Run DMC and Aerosmith. And Reverend Rund, he was mm-hmm. making fun of Aerosmith. He said it sounded like a bunch of hillbillies just bumbling. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. 
And then, and it was probably their biggest hit. I know it, it really, um, it helped reinvigorate Aerosmith. Uh, and then Anthrax did the thing with public enemy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, and then eventually you just have, then, yep. And you just have new metal and it was popular for a short period of time, but limp biscuit is basically a punchline. Mm -hmm. And that's, and then you stopped, like you, you went from, from peace cells and rust in peace to, to cryptic writings. You, you, you went from master of puppets and injustice for all to load and reload. Like this isn't the direct result of bands that had no business being popular, being elevated to stardom. And it was because people had no idea what was happening. They had no idea that the enemy was at their door. They, they just thought it was the mailman and then they just, they just let him on in. And then eventually now these huge bands, like with the exception of, of a small amount, huge bands are still playing small venues. And this, this was something that I was talking to. Uh, do you know the band sadistic intent? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I used to talk to um, the, the guitar player, uh, Rick, all the time about this. And, and he was always very frustrated that bands like Slayer and Metallica, like really big bands, they never took some, like less popular but still equally good bands on, on tour with them. Like why did they never take like Destruction or Creator on tour with them? Like why was it was always... Slipknot or whatever. Oh, Marilyn Manson, Godsmack, te- te- ter- terrible bands. That, that And those bands were already popular, but they didn't really have the same fan base. Slayer did a tour with Marilyn Manson. It, it's, it's two different fan bases. Yeah. Like you have indu- industrial and thrash metal. Like what, what are you doing? It's in, and it's by design because Slayer could tour with creator and then that would elevate creator stateside, but that was all by design. And, and it was yeah. because it was because these enemies were never properly mocked that, that they, they were able to take over because we went from like, like when we were talking about the seventies, when you had, you know, 15 different genres of music all in the, the top 40. Now it's, it's just one. Mm-hmm. And then, and then may, maybe, maybe if, if like, um, uh, I don't know, uh, muse or something or, or e- even, um, what, what's another po- my chemical romance, like even <laughs> at, like maybe they'll have a new song out like that might hit the top 40, but for the most part, it's all degenerate rap. It, it's all, it's all like Drake, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj. Uh, whatever, uh, I get you, man. Yeah. No. I mean, and that's all it is. And, and, and you could say, oh, well, you know, there's still good stuff out there, but we shouldn't have to look for something that is more popular than this other stuff. It, this other stuff is only popular because they play it over and over on the radio. Like if I controlled the airwaves and all I did was I, I played the music that I liked, I could completely change the perception of music for the world, but that's just, obviously that's by design. And you just have people with their hands on the levers of power saying, no, 
this is what you're gonna like yeah i feel i feel you no it's it's fine uh i think it's what it is if we had had um maybe uh tiktok or back then and these things were popping up i'm sure people would have gone online and trashed them and helped to minimize the emergence but you know ultimately I don't know. I don't have the energy to <laughs> even if I was a comedian, uh, Brian Posehn or whatever, I would be like totally mocking it. But um, I just right now, I just want to keep I think my my focus right now. Um, so a lot of musicians in the metal scene are branching out into they're doing voice for video games. Um, a friend of mine started a company called the monster factory it's becoming a big thing in the metal community because it's hiring them it's giving them jobs um so that's that's a branching out way uh, i have yet to do my my voice real thing um i think i could do it we'll see um i also think um just kind of focusing on making music for possibly sinking into TV or, 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 I mean, I know it sounds like a impossible task, but there's avenues, there's ways you can put your music out there to the right people. Uh, you just have to dig it, dig things and pay a minor service to kind of make sure you're putting it in front of the music supervisors. Um, and just, I don't know, building community, uh, maybe discord showing up making up i don't know there's just many ways but um i i don't i'm not giving up on music i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna you know it's 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 hard to obviously i don't do this full time it's my it, obviously you know but i i don't know let's just keep uh, the positivity i would say just po uh, focus on the positive and the uh, we can prevail. <laughs> well, yeah, you, focus, need to, yeah. we need to have the yin and yang. Like, yes, you do need to focus on the positives. And then DJ and I will focus on the negatives because yes. if, <laughs> if you, if you don't have a hatred for your enemy, then how can you actually love your, your friends? Exactly. Because, because without that, then love is, is just a, it's just a, a platitude. Mm. Because I'd love for you to do this full time. You know, yeah, of like course. Be on touring and you know, in front of tens of thousands of fans every night. Like, I think that's what you would want. I would love that. Maybe, I would love yeah. that. Well, it's it. it's what you deserve too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much for creating this, um, you know, podcast and broadcast <laughs> and talk to people like me who you know are lesser known and you know. We just want to do what we can. <laughs> for Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're, thank you're you. an absolute pleasure and very like talented. And, and thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate is you. There, is there anything you're up to or anything you'd want to plug? Um, well, we, why, do you, you, why okay. do you always skip everything? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I am guilty as charged. Yeah, my gosh. Like we, we still have one major segment. Okay. We, we'll make we, it quick. Make yeah, it quick. <laughs> we don't need to make it quick. So what we have here is 
We have some some lyrics from a, a one Megan the Stallion, who is a very popular artist and especially very popular with the kids, especially popular with young girls. Mm-hmm. So and and I noticed earlier you you seem to have an affinity for the female musician, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you would you would you like more young women to pick up instruments and yes. Yes, well, how can they do that when they're exposed to people like Megan the Stallion? And this goes back to you have to have a hatred for your enemies because, well, if, if this is what you're exposed to, how can you possibly grow intellectually or even spiritually? Right. Yeah. So the, this is a song called uh, Bodies. <laughs> yeah, something about... Yeah, being bodied. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Ju- just go ahead to just 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 read. Uh, read. read <laughs> some, I know some... it's tough grammatically to read. <laughs> uh, look at how I bodied that, ate it up, and gave it back. Uh, yeah, you look good, but they still want to know where Megan at. Where Megan at? Saucy like a barbecue, but you won't get your baby back. See me in that dress, and he feel like he most tasted that. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> num, num, num. Eat it up. Foreplay. Okay. Three, two, one. You know I'm the hottest. You ain't ever gonna heat me up. I'm present when I'm absent. Speaking when I'm not there. All them bitches scary cats. I call them Carol Baskins. Uh. Okay. Cool. Body, 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 body. Odi, 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 odi. I don't even know the song. Kirby, 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 Kirby. Yeah. It's really popular on TikTok. Wow. Wavy, wavy, big titties. Little waist. <laughs> you know, yes, girl. I don't know. Not my thing. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I, mean, I don't know is the correct response. Yeah. I don't I, know. <laughs> I just want to say, not my thing. Obviously, um, I recently let's just let's po- give a, give me positive vibes. But I, I submitted a few of my songs to like American songwriter contest. So we'll see. So I submitted lyrics to the lyric contest and to the music contest in different genres. But that's all I can do. Just, just try to do different things. See how it goes. Put, we'll be rooting the for you. Out. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I, I One of my, four, I would say, four takes. I love writing. Um, one of my, I, I mean, before I did, I studied marketing, advertising, and blah. And I had a, a degree in anthropology, social sciences, whatever. But I wanted to study um literature and i i love writing lyrics it's my thing and yeah these kind of lyrics depress me because it's it's like come on like zero neurons but mm-hmm. i that's why i mean but at the same time i ask people people who are not musicians sometimes do you when you're listening to music do you look for the lyrics do you under do you want to hear what they're saying do you read them some people don't um so i feel like so whoever whoever is interested in lyrics, thank you. We are lyricists out there trying to just put out a message, not only the music but the message. So yeah, go 
read the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Go, you, go back de- in. There's definitely a message with uh, the Megan the Stallion song, you know. Yeah, even I mean for Rusty I I wrote most of the lyrics. I mean in the last album we co-wrote, we, it was the most collaborative one. But I I I mean that's I I'm a Neil Peart like that. <laughs> I love writing lyrics. So people go read the lyrics. <laughs> and uh, oh so what I what I what I'm doing right now to cut it um in summary, um, so I put out a single with Karina, my first single with Valdemar in Karina, Hell or High Water. We have three more songs that are going to be part of a four-song EP that are being um, produced right now. So um, in Finland, we the drummer from Amorphis, really nice guy, I went last summer and recorded Hell or High Water, um, the drums. And and he's uh, he just finished up like the kind of tweaking like the sound of the drums because they had to be in the same. I recorded the drums in LA actually in Chino Hills oh, wow. <laughs> uh, with my friend Yuri Anisonian. Um, so we hope to have this um, EP out hopefully by April, no later than April because. I want to launch like a, a bit of a fundraising campaign because uh, we we have a whole album to make. Uh, it this be pre done. It's it's pre produced. We just need to record it properly, um, and that's going to be my next project after the EP. Um, so that's what Karina and for Miss Randall. Um, I'm recording little singles here and there. Um, a friend of mine already has a guitar duties. Um, Mike Hickey, he's uh, actually used to be in. He was in Venom. In Venom, yes. when I when I saw Venom, he was the guitar player. Yes, oh, he's a wonderful, wonderful friend and person, and uh, he gets my vibe. And a couple of those songs um, were actually written by Matt Olivo from Repulsion, um, and I really wanted to put them out. So I, that's my goal to put these songs that I made also songs that Matt Olivo wrote, um, just for the hell of it. And then I have other music that I want to put out. It's going to be on the mellow side, more, a little bit more singer songwriter. Um, but definitely some Opeth vibes, maybe some kind of, maybe some Kate Bush vibes too. So I'm just kind of trying a lot of things this year. Um, but I'm definitely being more conscientious about just, you know, fun. Uh, I'm trying to um, uh, maybe possibly put a patron out, a Kickstarter, like involve the community. Uh, I should probably put out more uh, material of me playing covers or singing. Like that's the way to get noticed these days. So, okay, I'll do the thing. Uh, I recently (laughs) put out a cover of... um, Dead Can Dance called Spirit. And that one is like I made it heavier. And my the guitar player and bass player Alejandro Corredor, he's from Colombia but lives in LA. Um, he wrote, he uh, helped me uh, record the, the music. I have so many things to do as like I, as usual, but <laughs> I gotta do these things because it's my calling. <laughs> no doubt. 
So yeah. stay tuned, Ms. Randall. Uh, my channels are very self, um, they're very easy to find. It's always Miss Randall Music. So M-I-S-S Randall, like the amps, uh, Randall Music. And then Karina, uh, Q-A-R-I-N-A-H Music, Karina Music. I'll I'll give you all the links. All yes, the links in the description as always. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't wait. I can't wait. And honestly, um, I want to put out there uh, if there's a band hopefully a good one because <laughs> if not I'm very, picky. I'm very very picky but if there's a band that needs you know a drummer or a singer or whatever you need you have a tour going on and i'm available yeah you, <laughs> so, yeah you can uh you can play with me we'll, we'll do we'll do shows ancestors call i'll play guitar and sing and you'll do drums hell yeah hell yeah i just honestly i just this year it's like you know, I want to be more business minded. I'm like, you know, I'm mm. like, do the yeah. thing, like monetize <laughs> a little bit more, uh, or try to at least, but, uh, always I will, don't worry. I will never be like, buy this thing in the minute. No, 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 no. Unless I will. Yeah, you yeah, will do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> buy this makeup and this whole thing. I don't know. Um, I will not completely sell my soul for rock and roll but if it's for a good cause you know is rock and roll not a good cause <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh pleasure talking to you guys thank you thank you so much yeah thank you so much for coming on and definitely um stay in touch we'd love to help out any way we can keep us updated on how you know your lyric uh lyric uh, the songwriting is going and the con yeah the contest and anything new we'd love to help shout you out and you know thank um you. ac any last words uh nope i've 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 said more than enough all right well <laughs> you said your piece you made your piece. <laughs> yeah. well it's been an absolute pleasure miss randall and, and everyone check her out you know and if you need a drummer singer drummer and singer i mean this is it doesn't get any better than this so thank you again for your time really appreciate it you know stay in touch and, and please you know do what you do what you can out there and try to stay away from these uh these criminal creeps. rappers and creeps and, and you might just stay safe out there oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> thank you guys thank you thank you